You often say that thoughts arise, but I feel that I created these thoughts. They don't just arise, so there must be a reason that it's there. Shouldn't, so shouldn't I look at the thought itself more closely instead of just observing it? Please. <laughs> mm. So um, this, whole, this question kind of encompasses a lot. A lot of threads are rising in my mind, so I'm trying to kind of sort out where to begin. Thoughts arise, we can say that, I, I, I use that language a lot too. Thoughts arise in dependence on many conditions. We can see kind of the conditioning of thoughts, I think, when we um, kind of recognize what we might call the associative nature of thoughts. You know, how we look back, you know, we can, we can kind of recognize, oh, this is the thought that's coming up right now. And it's coming up because I thought of that thing before that, and that thing before that, and that thing before that. When I was a kid, I used to play this game when we were driving on long drives in the car. I would um, kind of, like, I had started noticing that I would have these what seemed like random thoughts. And I got curious about, well, where do these thoughts come from? So um, I would play this game where I would stop looking at thoughts. It's like I would, I would just let my mind go, like I wouldn't look at anything. And then I would like break into the mind at some point and say, okay, what am I thinking right now? And it was something, you know, about what me and my brother or something. And I would kind of check and say, well, where did that thought come from? And there's a way that our mind can remember these things. You know, it's like we, we, there's, Sometimes there's the capacity, not always, but sometimes there's the capacity to know kind of what had happened before this happened. And so I would play with this and I would, I would think, okay, well, before I was thinking about that thing with my brother, oh yeah, I was thinking about that thing. And there's almost always some associative connection. So I could see there was some connection between those two thoughts. And then I would say, well, what, what made me think about that? And I'd think back and what made me think about that? And I'd, I'd think back. And in my childhood, at least, when I was doing this, you know, every time that uh, I got back, you know, it's like I, I kind of got back to where the whole thread came from. And it was almost always something I had seen out the window of the car. You know, some, some like, uh, you know, cornfield or, you know, whatever. <laughs> we were driving through Texas a lot, the flat cornfields, there were a lot of cornfields. Um, so the so that kind of seeing of the the way thought creates thought creates thought. So that is the kind of the conditioned nature of thought is connected to what we mean when we say thoughts are arising. I think most of us have that sense or that recognition of of um, how thoughts condition each other. They don't just come out of the blue. Um, and so there is this process by which thoughts come up. Now, one of those processes um, includes how we are in the moment, you know, what we are, you know, what we're identified with or, um, you know, what's, 
what's happening for us. So for instance, you know, if, if I was frustrated or confused, that condition might kind of come into what thoughts tend to come into the mind. So it's not just stuff out in the world that can bring in thoughts, it's experiences here. So, you know, maybe I'm in my kitchen and the drawer sticks a little bit and there's, you know, a little bit of frustration arising in that. The frustration itself can then be something that the mind associates from and thinks about, you know, kind of like um, things come kind of in there about other times I was frustrated or people I was frustrated with. And that may be kind of where the chain of thoughts comes from. And I just want to pause here for a moment and say what I'm describing about kind of noticing this chain of thoughts. Um, it can be interesting to play with that sometimes, but that's not what being mindful of thinking is, you know, to, to kind of stop in thoughts and think back. What was I thinking before that? That's a process of thinking as opposed to just noticing, well, what's happening right now is that I'm noticing this thought arise. And maybe there's a curiosity arising about where did this come from? So we, we, we look mostly with the mindfulness practice, we look at what's happening now. We don't stop and think, okay, what happened before that? What happened before that? Because that's, a, that's, that's tending to take us out of what's happening in the present moment. Um, but in the question, it says, I feel like I created these thoughts. Um, there must be a reason that it's there. And a lot of the the reason that it's there is the conditioning, you know, as I just described. And it is important to understand or to kind of be curious about the conditioned nature of all of our experience. That's a big place of, of opening into the, um, the truth of the nature of our experience. Impermanent unreliable, conditioned, not self. That whole conditioning process creates what we think of as self. It's kind of this whole process of a, of a body and mind doing its thing, creates the sense of me and I. It's, it's a misinterpretation of that process, but it creates that sense. And that uh, understanding that that's a, a misinterpretation, that what is happening is just this conditioned experience tumbling on, is very um, a foundational understanding that supports our not clinging to things as me, mine, not clinging to things as reliable, as permanent. So it's important to, um, I could say, I use the, the, the phrase that Pam used the opening day. I often, I love the phrase, be with. Be with experience, including thoughts. Now, there's a difference, I'd say, between being with the thought as a kind of a, a process in the mind and being with the content of the thought. So in our practice, in our meditation practice, um, it's... Uh, we're not as interested in a way in the in 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 kind of exploring the content. We're more interested in the process of the thinking and how the thinking affects us. So there's a couple of explorations around that. One might be um, 
when a thought arises, you know, it has content. You know, the person that I was thinking about, the relationship that we have, you know, the things that we did together, all of the emotions that come up with that thought. So there's the content of that thought. With the mindfulness, um, a kind of one, kind of a very helpful way to explore the um, looking at the thought more closely. Um, I think maybe the question here, looking at the thought more closely instead of just observing it, I think maybe that means just noting it, oh, thinking is happening. Um, So a way to be with the thought would be to notice, okay, there's this thought happening. How does that thought affect my experience right now? Not to just notice thinking and then try like return to the breath or something, but there's a thought that's arising. It infuses the space. It, it like infuses the atmosphere. When that thought arises, it like leaves its resonance in the atmosphere. What is that resonance? That's a very important um, kind of being with the thought because then we start to see not only that there is a thought but that the thought affects and then further conditions our present moment experience and we start to see how certain thoughts will condition the mind moving into reactivity and other thoughts might condition the mind being more receptive being more open so i would say we we um there are times when you might explore kind of observing or recognizing oh thinking is happening and can and return to the breath and that would be in a concentration type of practice when we're wanting to kind of cultivate or stabilize the attention on the breath for the purposes of concentration we're practicing mindfulness practice here which is more opening to the fullness of our experience and so the the observation that a thought has arisen you know, we can notice that it has arisen and then we don't, there's nothing to return to. We are already noticing it. We're already aware. And then kind of broadening to how else is that thought affecting the body, the feelings, the emotions? So that is actually what we're pointing to. But there is the, the kind of like, rather than thinking about it as looking at the content Look at the effect the content has on you. That will be a a way that the mind moves more in the direction of kind of freedom around that thought, not like carried away into the thought, believing the content, having, um, we can use the content of our thoughts skillfully, but we don't have to be deluded by them into thinking they are a kind of a, a reality. We understand that they're an arising experience and that they can be useful and then how they're affecting us. And also in, you know, externally how the thoughts create um, uh, actions that we may um, do that affect others. So this whole kind of reflection on the effect that the thoughts have. So that's probably good enough for that. That was quite extended. seem more clearly distinct? That's a great question. I'll tell you how I think of it, which is that the, I think I said this yesterday, that the feeling tone, the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, is kind of like the seed. So in terms of 
temporal unfolding that each moment actually arrives that there is a uh, the first thing that happens, that's the way of saying it, is that there's a, a association of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral in the mind. And then, at least this is how I see it in myself, that out of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, then like a whole garden <laughs> from those seeds that are planted of feelings and emotions arise. So the feeling tone precedes and seeds this kind of fullness of contentment, boredom, uh, irritation, sadness, etc., etc., etc. So that's, I, I think, a fairly um, uh, simple way of talking about it. And often, one of the reasons I think of the feeling tone is useful is that we often don't catch the feeling tone. We don't notice until we're in immersed in the feeling. And as Andrea was saying, in a similar way, we can, if we like, work back. And if we're having a very strong sense of sadness, we can notice, oh, there was a thought that preceded the sadness. Or we could notice that there was um, a thought that created that was that was unpleasant and then that unpleasant seed sp sprouted as sadness or disappointment or hurt or anger whatever it might have been so i would invite you to check that out and see if that seems also true in your own experience yeah thank you Good question <laughs> 